occasion, but we have Matthew and here Mark, and then in John chapter 12, John tells us it's Mary that is in view here. And Lazarus, John tells us, is also there, but Mark would ask us to focus on this woman that he has chosen to not name, even though it is known. And Martha is definitely present. From this verse, I just want to think of some seven things. Firstly, her Lord. Obviously, what this dear woman had come to do would tell us so wonderfully about our own Lord Jesus Christ and obviously her Lord. And firstly, perhaps I can think of Christ being seen in the woman's own devotion. So wonderful to just think of John 17. For their sakes, I consecrate myself. We can also see the Lord Jesus Christ in the alabaster cruise or the alabaster box or jar. Think of the Lord Jesus in His incarnation, His holy humanity. It's just amazing to think of Him. Nothing ever known in human history and human experience. That's why we can declare what we can see, but never ever know what it is to know that experience, the dual nature, and yet one person, the divine, not overtaking the human, for that would make him a lesser man. The manhood, not overreaching into the divine, for that would make him a superman. But the Lord Jesus was a perfect man, a holy man. Just think of the alabaster box in that way, designed in such a very, uh, uh, the processes that would, we would delight to learn in our own time, and yet ready there that it might be broken. You think of Christ being seen in the ointment of spikenard, very precious. We, think, we can think of the Lord in His oblation and in His satisfaction before God and all that He would accomplish. And we can remember those words, He shall see of the travel of His soul and shall be satisfied from all that He had passed through. Not just the woman, the alabaster box, the ointment. We can think of Christ in the breaking of the box. For we think of the once and for all act of redemption. And again, we can bow in worship as we trace these precious things, His consecration, incarnation, oblation, satisfaction, once and for all act of redemption. Then think of the anointed head, His exaltation and glorification as we do not worship one that is dead but living, exalted and before our gaze as we trace Him gazing up on Thee, Lord Jesus. That's her Lord. I would also enjoy reflecting on the fact that she came with such intelligence. I want to think of her learning. What made her give, uh, have this understanding, this appropriateness of behavior, manner, and action? 
She must have been very well instructed. When did she first learn? We might think of Luke 10, where she would be sitting at the Master's feet with all that was going on. And she would have heard somehow concerning the Lord, His purpose in coming down, not just to be a miracle worker, but there will be that view of Calvary, uh, even though we would not read of it being uh, written. But here this dear woman would have learned something very deeply when she sat at the Master's feet. Again at John 11, as we have heard this morning, when she would be one of those that would be there. And the Lord Jesus, as I thank my brethren again for mentioning those precious things over breakfast uh, on John 11 and on Lazarus. And I can just say, I was just drinking, drinking in all these wonderful things. And so, this dear woman would have been learning. It allowed her to discern the Lord's death. It allowed her to meet the Lord when she could. It allowed her to do what she should do. And it allowed her to place the Lord at the highest place. Great things when we become keen students to learn. Even this morning as we come together for worship, I always delight to tell the believers, the young assembly, that we are unlike these armchair theologians. They would develop their doctrine in the, in, in, in the confine of a, an air-conditioned, well, not that this is not air-conditioned room, but an office and for very academic and very, uh, 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 the purpose of just uh, learning naturally. But then, our worship, our doctrine is developed on the Lord's Day morning. And when brethren would stand up, the entire expression of the Godhead, all that is divine, all that Christ would enter in to do, these things are, uh, are the, the, the real way to develop theology, understand doctrine, that doctrine is something before God to His great delight when we think of it on the Lord's Day morning. So, here is a woman that was someone who knew her learning. Think further too of her life, how she would come to this point. Ever since knowing the Savior, I would think that she would begin gathering this purposed alabaster box. And that would be how the believer's life would be, wouldn't it? Ever since we would know the Savior, there is something, something worthwhile now that we can focus on. And that dear woman, continuing on in society, quiet though she may be, but known to God. What I liked was that now, there was something in her life because God has given her something. And she knew that now that God has given me something, I have something to give it to Him. It's so precious to know that, that she could go, do something because she knew that what God has given her is now to be returned to her. What I also enjoy is that her life from that point onwards you can imagine that alabaster box began, it would be, a, we are told, a year's wage. And so, there was something different from that point onwards. She would no longer be filling her vessels for self and spending other time 
on other kinds of alabaster jars or other forms of jars. But she would now be filled with the occasion to fill this particular one. There was something different in her home that day. And I believe ever since we have come to know the Savior, there's something different in our life. Not only something different, but there was something dedicated in the house. She may just go out outwardly just like any other human, normal person in society, but always she would know in her home is something dedicated for the Lord when the moment would come. Would that not also picture our own life as we think of hers, that we now would have something to dedicate, we now would have something precious, and may we uh, conform to such wonderful patterns. There was something dear, not just dedicated, but it was precious. The, uh, the word here says, very precious. And so it was really dear, and she herself knew it. There was something that drew her. She might be going here and there, but she knew where she was keeping that alabaster box. And every day she would go back. And that would be like our Bible. That would be something that we would have a course of bearing, the assembly, where the Lord Jesus' voice is heard. There would be something that would always draw us close to Him. And this dear woman, her life is marked by a drawing. Wherever she would go, she would not go too far away, for she would always return to the alabaster box. There was something decisive. She knew that day, there would be that moment when she would break and she would pour. And therefore, may we appreciate that our life has been now one for Him and His glory, that we would have a clear-cut decision that it would be all poured out for Him. Her life, her learning. But then it tells me also of her limitation. Because that means that in order for her to save in order for her to accumulate, I don't know what profession she had, but I would appreciate her sacrifices. It tells me that her resources would definitely be very, very different from others. Her plans as well would be very different because what she would lay aside for this special alabaster box and the ointment of spikenard, very precious, would mean that it would be a different plan. It would be a different kind of resource now set aside and obviously different activity and different choices. May we, as we have been exhorting one another and speaking of that life of consecration, of submission, as we would have re been reminded, may we realize that such would be her life, voluntary. And yet her limitation is nothing untoward, nothing forceful. She made herself because she loved her Lord not just that, but her separation. She would know how her Savior was being treated. She would know how her Savior lived on earth before the gaze of many. She would have heard what her Savior taught. And in the light of all these things, all that would appeal her pales. And she would live a life of separation as she thinks of that alabaster box, not just of her sacrifices, but she would say that if I were to give this, my life must characterize all that I'm going to pour forth. And so, it means for her separation. And then her satisfaction. 
that uh, limitation is not something dull or something uh, that would give her grief. She knew that by limiting herself in such a way, she is giving great satisfaction to all that she did because it would be to the honor and glory of our Lord and Savior. Not just a limitation. We can think of her love. It was at the time when men of power would conspire to take him, reject him. And here she was demonstrating it when the world would do all that they would to put him on the cross. What a courage. I believe that we too will emulate and think of all that she would demonstrate her love. Not just a time when men of power would conspire and reject him. It was a time when men would criticize her. Oh, brothers and sisters, for us to go on after this Monday, Tuesday, and the rest of the days until the Lord comes, um, we will know Mary here and our own experience to show that love in a time when people would not want to hear it, to show our love to Him at a time when people would um, criticize. And at the same time too, she was showing her love at a, man, at a time when men would calculate. The disciples were calculating what it would be, but for Mary, I don't calculate. For Mary, I don't measure. The Bible says, very precious. Oh, brethren and sisters, that is how her love is shown. And she didn't say a single word. But I want to think of her lips, testified to by the Lord, by others who value her exercise. She spoke by her feet. She spoke by her hands. What others would not be able to see, but holding that, having an alabaster box, meant that she could not hold on to other things. She was very careful and very cautious. Her, her action, Mark only tells us this, she would break and pour. Mark only tells us of the breaking. Tells me that there is no lid, no reserve, and no undoing. Once it's broken, you don't measure portion ration. No reserve, nothing left behind. And no undoing, all that has been done. The Lord's head would speak for her. The Lord's word would speak for her. The Spirit of God would speak for her, recording these words. And all who love her would speak for her. That would be her lips. And I finish. Her lasting work. As I think of the Lord Jesus saying that in verse number 9, for a memorial of her, something not to be forgotten, something long-lasting. Brothers and sisters, we want to ask ourselves what it is that would be long-lasting. Well, here it is, a pattern, a principle, a picture. Wonderful that we can learn of such, such things. We can think of such comparisons. When we think of commitment, we can commit to some money and commit to paying a loan and commit to coming to meetings. And when we think of commitment, it's our control. But what is the difference between commitment and surrender? For when we surrender, there is no control. It is His control. And so that is lasting work for this dear woman here. And as we sit down and continue to wonder at these things, 
we can appreciate that her lasting work has spoken well of the Lord's lasting, everlasting work. And may we continue to wonder at the Savior of sinners who loved us and gave himself for us. May the Lord bless his precious word.